Today on Fresh FM, we are going to be chatting with Regan and Georgia from Hillel. Queens Hillel is a center for Jewish life on campus. They provide social, educational, and religious opportunities to ensure that there is a vibrant Jewish community here at Queens University. My name is Silvia Bejar, and welcome, welcome to this Fresh FM episode. Okay, so girls, introduce yourselves. Okay. Hi, I'm Reagan. Um, I'm going to go into my second year at Queens and I'm um, going to be a history and drama medial, hopefully. And that um, this year I'm going to be the chair of the Interfaith um, Cultural Partnerships Committee at uh, for Hillel at Queens. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically me. I am from Washington, D.C. I don't know. I'm American. And okay. then... Um, I'm happy to be joined by Georgia. Take it away, Georgia. <laughs> Thanks, Reagan. Uh, so my name is Georgia. I'm going into third year. I'm from Toronto and I'm an English major. Um, and this is actually my first year with Hillel. I'm also in the Interfaith and Partnerships uh, group. And I am also involved with other organizations like the, like the Queen's Undergraduate Women in Law Society, a Queen's Undergraduate Conference in Literature, Um, so I was really excited to join Hillel and to sort of become reimmersed into sort of a Jewish culture that I'm already kind of familiar with in Toronto. So um, I, I found it to be a really sort of fun environment and community to sort of um, hang out with other Jewish students like myself. And so that's why I decided to join. Okay. So first of all, please explain us. What does the word Hillel mean? Sure. Okay. So Hillel... The organization um, mm -hmm. is basically um, international um, and it's allowed a lot of college campuses and it is um, like a Jewish community, typically centering around Shabbat dinners, which is a traditional Friday night holiday and just like connectivity with other Jewish students. Um, at Queens, we're very lucky to have such an engaging and active Hillel and full of opportunities for other Jewish students and especially like last year with the, with the pandemic as a first year student, it was really important. Hillel reached out to myself and I know a lot of other first year um, Jewish students and they were like, like come like hear all these virtual events. And they, they were just really inclusive and um, really amped up the connectivity during the COVID time. And I'm sure a lot of other campuses around Canada and in the U.S. Um, did that as well. Yeah, it's kind of like a center for just community and discussions in general. So, you know, there aren't limits to necessarily like events that we can do or the kinds of program, the kinds of programming that we want to run. Um, my understanding is that there actually is, is quite a vast range of activities that sort of Hillel runs and funds. And um, what's cool is that there's are sort of a cohort of Hillel's across Um, sort of the country. So we have a Queens Hillel uh, chapter. But there's also a Guelph one and a U of T one and a Western one with very similar sort of governmental structures. Um, so what we see is we have our Queens network that sort of feels so small and intimate. And then we're also um, connected to other schools and other Jewish students who we might not even know who are across the country. So it's a It's a very um, it's a very cool kind of group to be a part of in that sense. 
Are you still organizing certain kind of um, activities or events right now? Or you are maybe just in a pause due to the summer and maybe the pandemic? I don't know. Um, uh, well, I think that uh, Hillel is sort of still organizing, preparing for um, next year. Um, you know, doing club hiring. There are a lot of different subcommittees within Hillel, mm -hmm. um, which ranges from what we do at Interfaith and Partnerships to Holocaust education. So um, I think there are, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Reagan, but I think there are close to like, like 10 committees or something like that. So yeah, so there really is uh, a vast array of the kinds of programming that Hillel does, which I think is so special. Um, and I think sort of right now what we're doing is, uh, is, is really gearing uh, in for next year. Okay, so Regan and Georgia, can you tell me a bit about your background? I mean, I know you are from Jewish culture, but were you born there or you were born here? You are like first generation or how it goes? Um, so I'm, Amer I'm a first generation American. Both my parents are Canadian. So I guess that counts as, uh, I guess that counts as generation, <laughs> but They're, they were both um, from Toronto. They grew up very Jewish. Um, my dad went to Chat, which is the, um, one of the Jewish high schools in Toronto. And then they came here to, to um, the suburbs of D.C. where people aren't as Jewish. Um, there aren't a lot of synagogues. There aren't a lot of Jewish day schools, especially in my area. Um, so it was definitely connecting to my Jewish culture was hard besides what my parents um what my parents were involving my sister and I in but at Queens the Jewish um community is very large and very outspoken which is very very nice coming from where I live where people aren't like that so culturally very Jewish <laughs> Um, and then coming to Queen just made me connect more with my background than the prerequisite, like going to synagogue on the high holidays, celebrating on the holidays, you know, things like that. I am from Toronto, like I said. Um, I, interestingly enough, did not grow up very Jewish. Um, I think sort of a misconception is that there's kind of one umbrella of Judaism there are sort of different levels to it. So, or different, I shouldn't say levels, different um, kind of kinds of, of, of sort of involvement of being Jewish. So, you know, there's Orthodox, there's conservative, there's sort of reform. So I would consider myself more of a reform Jew in the sense that um, I am sort of less about sort of the text and I'm less biblical and, um, I think sort of as as Reagan said, I'm I'm less concerned with going to synagogue every Friday as I really am about the culture and the history and what it means to me. Um, so my great grandfather um, fled from Russia to Canada during the Holocaust. Um, and so it's so though I'm not very religious, it's very important to me to keep up the tradition and the culture and the identity because it's something that, you know, my family fought to keep. Um, uh, unfortunately, a lot of other um, people weren't so lucky to have survived. And so I sort of see it as kind of a personal responsibility to pay that identity forward. And I, I certainly see it as a, a big part of who I am. Um, 
And, you know, another reason that I was really happy to find Hillel was, you know, I think that what is so distinct about Judaism is it's kind of tight-knit community. Uh, I, I have a joke with some of my friends that there's kind of a game called Jewish geography. So if you meet another Jewish student that you don't know, within five minutes, you can likely find at least a few mutual friends that uh, you both do know. So everybody, it feels like it's a much smaller community than it actually is just because of how people kind of keep tabs on one another. It's a really amazing thing. And so that's something that I've really appreciated through Hillel is kind of finding that community um, with like-minded Jewish students who sort of share the same sort of values and identity towards Judaism that I do. When you were little, because you were born here in this part of the world, how were you introduced to the Judaism? What was like the first information that you remember that you received from your parents or your grandparents? I, th I think like, I definitely remember asking my parents why I didn't have to, I didn't have to go to school, like on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which are the traditional, like the most religious, the most holy of all Jewish holidays of all Jewish days. I was like, why don't I have to go to school these days? Everyone else does. And then my parents like explained it to me. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool, this is kind of a fair deal. Like I get to miss two days of school usually. And then um, as I got older, I like, they like eased me into it. Obviously there's a lot of things um, that come with being Jewish. Like um, just like all the history all of the things like that. And my grandmother's very, uh, she's very into Jewish education. Um, so she's always reminding my like my family about our background, about our history and um, things like that. So I really have good role models in terms of like different keeping traditions alive and just things that since I've been younger, I've taken them for granted. Um, and just always has been there. It's just always been a part of my life, I guess. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, sort of thinking back, I think what I really liked about my Jewish upbringing was the kind of ability to self-define what the religion meant to me. So like, I don't remember it ever being thrust upon me, which I think is, is maybe unique um, as a Jewish student. But for example, um, uh, Um, Jewish uh, sort of um, teenagers when they're like 13 or 12 you celebrate a bar or bat mitzvah which is a celebration a rite of passage um, sort of coming into adulthood type thing and so my parents instead of reading a, um, a Torah portion so sort of a part of our Um, religious text in Hebrew that I was likely to not understand because I don't speak Hebrew that I probably would have had to memorize um, my my parents really allowed me to sort of delve into my own project on Jewish identity so that I could do something that was meaningful to me as opposed to something that was more traditional um, but that I you know maybe wouldn't really understand as much so I think that I've been lucky in that perspective that I've, I've really had the ability to kind of shape what the religion means to me. And I think, you know, I, I really agree with what Reagan said in terms of it really does feel like it's a part of you, um, both because of the kind of family history and sort of the kind of history that Jewish people um, have sort of uh, gone through since like, 
I mean, centuries and centuries back, but you really do feel a sort of indirect connection to all of that. Um, and sort of, I think what comes from that is once again, a very special sense of, of community and belonging and, um, and so, yeah, that's sort of what it means to me and how I became exposed to it. Okay. So let's talk about the stereotypes that you have faced and that you wish people don't think even about them and just get rid of them. What kind of stereotypes have you, have you faced? Well, I would say I didn't really ignore, probably there were tons of undercurrents of microaggressions when I was younger that I was just too oblivious to notice. But I was just like in my own world most of the time. But as I've gotten older, I've noticed a lot of people have intense preconceived notions about like just stereotypes, especially about like money. I noticed that that's a really big thing, um, especially in Canada, which is weird because coming from America where I, I guess I, people just accepted it. It was just interesting to see all the um, previously on like the microaggressions really popped up when I would tell people I was Jewish, they would say like, Oh, you must have so much money. And I was like, well, that's not really like, that's, It, it just because you think that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And also, yeah, well, um, definitely that's a huge stereotype. And I noticed a lot of people who aren't necessarily have an identification with Jewish, um, with Judaism, make a lot of like anti-Jewish jokes, um, especially about mm -hmm. the Holocaust or just different, like the controlling different things. In America, a lot of people for a very concerning amount of people think that Jews control the weather. Uh, I don't know where they pulled that one out of, but that's something that um, definitely people like in the Midwest believe. And that's that and the controlling of the bank system. Those types of things are very um, difficult to get past because you're never quite sure what someone's going to say about you to your face or behind your back. Yeah, I, uh, I think the biggest misconception about Judaism is just how many Jewish people there are in the world. True. So yeah. we actually uh, make up like 2%, I think, of everybody in the world. So, so, um, so Jewish people are like a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of the world. And a lot of people don't know this. Um, I think... Um, because what we've seen sort of in Canada and the States is, you know, there's sort of a lot of um, sort of Jewish success. And so I think it sometimes maybe makes it seem like there are a lot more Jewish people out there that, than there actually are. And I think to Reagan's point, um, the sort of stereotype that, um, that Jewish people try and monopolize like business or money or those kinds of situations, I think given those statistics is, um, is um, quite ironic, um, but yeah, I think that, that like that's the thing, like when I tell my friends, they're like, no way, there can't be just like 2%. And I think it's like between two and 5%, so uh, don't quote me on the 2%, but uh, it's a really, really tiny percentage, yeah. I was watching your Instagram feed, I was paying attention to the post. Um, for me, it's like very interesting and very important, this kind of post that you, that you do. For example, this one that says, 
These are the ways to stand in solidarity with Jewish when talking about Israel-Palestine conflict. Can you tell us a bit about it? Sure. Um, you know, I think that I think that sort of we are sort of in firm belief that there can be sort of two ongoing existing narratives that are equally true that pertain to the same issue. So I think that our main goal is we want um, sort of no student at Queens, whether it be Jewish or otherwise, to feel silenced, to feel marginalized um, in any kind of way. We want to support everybody. We want to be a center for discussions for all voices and opinions on the aisle. And I think that one of the scariest parts about the conflict is the kind of um, sort of divisiveness and violence that it has stoked here in Canada between students, um, I think particularly on university campuses. So, you know, we advocate for a pro-peace solution and um, we are here to support and advocate on behalf of, you know, everybody's safety and, you know, the right for students to feel like they can sort of safely express themselves. Um, and so that is sort of our, that's our position. That's sort of in a nutshell what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and, and yeah. I also feel like at the time that that infographic came out, a lot of, there were a lot of other mis very misleading um, Instagram posts going around that a lot of people, especially Queens students, um, were reposting and like promoting on their, on different um, social medias. And I think that that those definitely helped uh, the narrative that one group is more correct than the other. And it sort of went against the idea of peace and equality. And then with the Hillel, um, the example that you specifically mentioned was a very good one, like based in fact and based in, it could be taken as partisan, but obviously knowing the background of what Hillel, especially the Queen's Hillel believes in, it isn't, it's not as ter. I don't want to say terrible because that, that isn't the right word, but it's not as destructive as the other um, infographics going around at the time. And you also posted or you shared this another infographic about the organizations that are bringing Israelis and Palestinians together. And that's exactly my point, right? We don't have to be separated and we don't have to be against each other. Mm -hmm. And there are some ways, if we try, to discover or to just be part of this union, right? Do you know a bit about those organizations that you are mentioning there? Or what can you tell me about it? There is a belief um, in among people in Israel um, that if Palestinians and Israelis work together on the same type of things, like um, my uncle, <laughs> my uncle works in Israel. He lives there and he works on the board of um, various businesses and he was saying that there are it's a board made up of Israeli equal amount of Israelis and Palestinians and he says that people are less likely to fight if they work together for the same economic common economic goal mm -hmm. and I think that things like that just increasing the unity and in, like enforcing it 
and that we all want the same things eventually, I think that that will definitely, that's definitely very helpful. Um, that That's probably the only example I could give, but um, yeah. I uh, actually work for an organization called JSpace Canada, and we are pro-Israel, pro-Palestine, pro-peace. And a lot of, and a lot of what we do um, is fostering those same kind of discussions that you're speaking of that are so important. Um, you know, I think there's a lot going on right now that is sort of rooted in um, big government sort of grudge. And so I think what my goal and my hope is, is in all of this is we can kind of humanize each other a little bit and have those conversations to really understand where the other is coming from. You know, I think that when you're coming from two totally different perspectives, two totally different backgrounds, um, I think that those, that that kind of dialogue is so necessary because, you know, I think that we're talking about human lives at the end of the day. And so I, I don't think it matters, you know, what religion you are, creed, um, whatever skin color it doesn't matter I think that you know everybody deserves to be listened to and to not be discriminated against um and you know it's it's interesting I I, I actually I, I I do think that it's a very simple mandate that we stand by um and I think that there's so much that sort of gets in the way of that but at the end of the day we want to see peace um, we want to see community, and um, our goal is to kind of connect with, you know, other student organizations to foster that same kind of peace. How can people approach, and what kind of activities or conversations do you have? I mean, it, for me, it's like, oh my god, what what do you say in there? What are the kind of conversations that you have? Well, it starts it starts with understanding. It starts with okay. communication, and it's such a simple thing. But I think it really has the opportunity to go a long way. Um, I think it's also not necessarily viewing the person on the under end on the on the other end of the aisle as the opposition. Mm -hmm. um, and I, but again, I, I think I, I think it's sort of easy to say here in Canada. Um, but I think that when you're at a point where there's a lot of violence happening on campus, um, a lot of anti-Semitism, as well as Islamophobia. Um, And when you understand, you know, that students on the ground today, um, you know, across the world are experiencing that ripple effect, then the question goes to, okay, how do we address that? How do we serve students? How do we, you know, make Queens University and by extension other universities just a safe space where everybody feels like um, they're not being discriminated against? Like I think sort of, a one connecting um, sort of factor that I think we all experience is the feeling of being othered, of not being understood, of being stereotyped, of being misjudged. So we might not agree on the politics, but I think that's something that a lot of students can sort of come together and appreciate that there's a lot that we disagree on, but there's also a lot that we don't disagree on. And so that nuance is really important, especially as it pertains to student safety and community. Okay. I also think that um, with the student safety thing, there are, because of the preconceived notions people have about um, Jewish students and also 
um, um, Muslim students, those are both very disruptive to just like society because everyone has these pre-made up stereotypes about um, just about you before you even said anything. And especially at the time of the, um, the conflict earlier in the summer, that was def- like that was definitely very harmful. And to us at Queens too, students were um, not, people who weren't necessarily involved with um, either community were speaking out in a way that is not exactly helpful. Um, obviously, it's very nice of them to try, but so, um, sometimes not. Ever, sometimes people's preconceived notions get in the way, and it's it's very unhelpful. Wow. Maybe in 10 years, 10 years ahead of us, the conflicts and everything, the relationship with other cultures, let's say not only Palestinians, but with anyone, with everybody in the world, how would you like it to be? I, I think that this generation is doing a pretty good job of combating all of the negative images mm -hmm. of Jewish people. And I think that this age, there's just people who are um, older and different generations, there's just too much, they already have too many conflicting variables and they're just too set in their ideas of what needs to happen. And they're like very heavily favoring one side or the other. But I think that this generation is going to be able to do a lot more in terms of change because um, we can see the full picture and we're able to see like, learn from the mistakes of, um, Of the older people, I don't know. The older ones. <laughs> I don't want to just rip apart people who are um, older, but just rip apart the, not rip apart. Sorry. Um, just like learn from the mistakes of the people who, um, came before us, and like learn and know that this isn't the way, right way to handle it. Okay. Okay. And yeah. anything? Any? Oh well, Georgia, do you want to say something? Yeah. Um. I think it kind of goes back to what I said a few minutes ago, that I think everybody has a shared experience of feeling marginalized. Um, you know, although we might be from different cultures and different faiths and different backgrounds, there's a lot that um, sort of minority groups can, can, can come together on, you know. I think it's unfortunate. We often, you know, forget to mention the word anti-Semitism a lot of the time. And so, you know, I would, I, I think that the sort of different faiths coming together in, in pursuit of a greater peace is sort of a, a lovely idea, especially as it pertains to discrimination, because, um, you know, once again, I think it's something that a lot of us have felt, a lot of us experience. Um, and so I think even coming together on that basis, um, sort of in opposition of a common goal is a Is, is, is a really powerful thing and something that I think we're doing a lot of now and something that I really hope we can continue to do. Yeah, exactly. Because peace is, maybe some people could think something like, oh, peace will, will be here the moment we defeat the others, the moment we beat the others. And it's not about beating anyone. It's just like just respecting and knowing that we are all, that we all are different with different backgrounds, as you said. But even though every single religion talks about love and it's about love, loving each other and, and love the other people. And so it's like pieces like in there, right. In, in every single theory or religion, it's like love is there. Respect is there. So 
Absolutely. Okay. This was a, a very important conversation for me, I guess, because I mean, I come from a different part of the world. And for me, talking with Jewish people is not common at all. So thank you so much for sharing so much about the way you think, the way you live, the way you, all your beliefs and everything. So thank you so much. We are more similar than we think. And please invite people to join you and your socials and everything. Yeah. So everyone should definitely follow Queens Hillel. Um, it just you can keep up with us, I guess. And it provides they, a lot. It's updated very frequently with lots of information and lots of resources about um, Jewish culture, Jewish life, and sometimes not. Sometimes they're promoting different things, different clubs for queens. Sometimes they're promoting just different things in general. But definitely give it a follow. Um, yeah, that's give Hillel a follow. And, and the other thing I'll say too, is if you're looking for Jewish resources or you have questions about the culture or the politics, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We're, we're very friendly. We don't bite. Um, and we're really <laughs> open and willing to have a conversation with, with, with anybody. So, you know, if, if you're curious about the Jewish perspective, um, feel free to DM us. Uh, once again, uh, it's Queens underscore Hillel. So H-I-L-L E-L. Um, you know, thank you so much for, for having us. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, and I think this is an, I think this is a, an amazing segment that you guys are doing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fresh FM. My name is Silvia Becher and see you next time.